Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today, we're so excited to have Brandy here with us um, to talk about a topic that I'm super excited to to hear about um, because I want to implement it in my own classroom. So Brandy, why don't you start out by introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit more about you and your program? Oh, yes. My name is Brandy Beatty, and I teach at Pike County Ninth Grade Academy in um, Sebulon, Georgia. So the fun thing about being in an academy is I only teach one grade level. So I teach ninth graders and ninth graders only, and that's kind of my jive. They're not too cool for school yet. Um, I don't have to argue with any seniors. Um, The ninth graders are definitely my happy place, and I get to get them energized and excited or their agriculture and FFA journey ahead. Um, So I've been teaching for, this will be the start of my 10th year that I'm going into. Our program is actually pretty large. That's why I I am just a ninth grade teacher. We have about 125 agriculture students. There's four ag teachers. Um, We've got an animal pathway, a plant pathway, and a mech pathway um, that we do here every now and then. Um, We have a forestry pathway that'll get worked in due to student entrance. And then really cool is we do a STEM program where we really um, focus the science and technology aspect aspect of that through agriculture. So um, that's a really cool thing that happens in our school system as well. What a unique program. Um, So cool. I don't, I don't, I think it'd be cool to tour. Uh, we don't have, I mean, we really don't have anything like that in North Dakota. And so I love to hear, you know, just the approach of, of agriculture education. We could do a whole podcast on that, but uh, we're here with Brandy to talk about um, her tomato mock trial activity, which is super, super unique. And I'm so excited um, for our listeners to hear about it. So why don't you start by highlighting your activity? So to highlight this activity, don't get mad at me. I've got two questions for you guys. Um, Is a tomato a fruit or a vegetable? Which Uh, is fruit? Fruit. I was gonna say a good question because that gets asked with students a lot. So I would say fruit too, but. Yeah, so okay, yes. Botanically speaking, a tomato is a fruit. Um, or more specifically, the swollen, mature ovary of a plant containing seeds. So now the fun question that gets to come next from that, then should ketchup technically be classified as a smoothie? Ew, that's gross, right? Like, um, I, don't, I don't like ketchup anyway, but you call I've, it. I've never considered that. Yeah. Yeah. First thing that comes to my students' minds when we start this, like when we start diving into it and they really start putting it together, they're like, well, wait a second. Is it a smoothie then? I'm like, ew, that's gross. But I, like, I love ketchup. Fruit. Oh, you I love ketchup? I love ketchup. I don't think I would want to drink it though. 
Yeah. I, I hate all things ketchup. And then that's the kids laugh when, they, when we do with the food party at the end and everything has to be a tomato ingredient. Everything has to have a tomato ingredient that they bring in. They're like, wait a second, you don't even like tomatoes? No, no, I don't. But um, that kind of segues into it um, as far as um, the kids, we start talking about it and then eventually someone's like, well, who cares? Tomato, tomato, right? And I'm like, well, you know what? Back in 1893, two men cared a whole lot, Nick's and Hedden. They cared so much so about this argument on was it a fruit or a vegetable that it ended up making it all the way to the Supreme Court. And so that's kind of the highlight there. Um, and you're wondering, you know, how did this happen? How did they end up in the Supreme Court? So Nix was a fruit, uh, was a tomato farmer. He was a tomato farmer and being a farmer, he knew the science behind his product and he knew that it was a fruit, botanically speaking. However, Hedden, a tax collector, placed a tariff on his fruit as a vegetable commerce product. And so really neat to kind of get to do some economics with this lesson if you want. If you don't want and you don't feel comfortable with the economics, you can shy away from it, but you can roll into that as well as a side note. Um, and it went, like I said, it went all the way to Supreme Court and the jury or the nine justices weighed in and you thought I was gonna tell you the answer. I'm not gonna tell you what the jury decided until we get to the end of the podcast. So that would be the highlight of the activity we're there. Awesome. So is that kind of the same way that you really introduce it to your students too and kind of get them thinking about it? Yes. So there's two ways that I'll do it depending on how energized I am and how theatrical I want to be with it. Um, one way to introduce it to really get student buy-in is to let them think that they have derailed my lesson. Um, I'll give them a worksheet um, where they're supposed to just be on their own, very boring, looking up the origins of these fruits and these vegetables. And I put the tomato on the vegetable list. And usually I've been teaching about nine years going into my 10th year now. Um, and I've, there's only been one year where I didn't have, in one of my classes didn't have anybody speak up. I mean, I had to do it for them, but they always speak up and someone's like, wait a second, why is tomato on the vegetable list? And I'm like, oh, you know, that's a good question. And then we kind of just, yes, start that debate in class, start talking about it. Because again, um, I always teach the plant science unit before we get to this part. So they've kind of got their background knowledge on um, the reproductive system of the plant, um, reproductive parts versus vegetative parts of the plant. Um, so they've kind of got that background knowledge. You can put that together. So um, they can feel like they derailed the lesson and they took control of the classroom. Um, so they, they think they did. Um, that's one way and the best way um, to get them excited about it. And the other way is going straight for that interest approach like I did with you guys with the ketchup or, you know, is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Is it a smoothie? Um, and then going from there. I love that. And depending on you know, your class, you could even just pose that question at the beginning and then have them kind of write their, their thoughts down and then share in a group and then kind of come up with their own, like, well, I think it's this because, and then pose the smoothie ketchup 
yeah comment which is like wait a second that's gross uh i would love to see especially ninth graders yeah. like how exciting this would be for them so what do you like about it like why like why did you even come up with this so the first time i ever came up with it it was um seven years ago and it was that the way i do it now by them acting like they derailed my lesson they actually derailed my lesson the first time like i could hear them as they were working i was at my computer and it was like near national chapter applications being due and all that stuff. So I was at my computer, doing a little last minute work there. Um, and I, I overhear a conversation that the students are having and they're like fighting over, wait a second, uh, tomatoes, a fruit, right? Why is it on the vegetable list? And at that point, I hadn't purposely put it on the vegetable list. It was just on there. So I was like, well, you know what? Why is it on the vegetable list? So I'm on Google. While they're doing their work, doing my own little research. And that's when I follow across the fact that this was a Supreme Court case. And um, I have a couple of friends who were who lawyers. At that time, they were in law school. So they ate it up with me and kind of like helped me build the um, judicial system lesson that I do with it on the side note. Again, if you feel comfortable going into the judicial system with your students, um, you can do that with them too as a Cross, I'm a nerd. I love cross curriculum. I love when my students go into their their history classes or their health classes, and they're like, "We learned that in ag." Um, so that's definitely a fun one for them. So those are just the things that make it so exciting to me um, for that. Well, I think it just goes to show too that sometimes our best lessons come from like improv or like times that we weren't really quite expecting um, that to be the outcome of what we were doing. Um, but that being said, so you've introduced it to your students, you kind of have the interest approach or two different ways that you use that. Then what's the next step? Like how do you kind of organize the, the trial part of it? So that is actually really important because again, that first year that I did it, um, very improv, lots of um, difficulties along the way and really realized that they were going to need some refining because again I do ninth graders so they had never really argued a position they didn't understand and even when you say the word debate to students um, when you try and teach them that judicial system about we've got a plaintiff and a defendant and they're going to have opening statements and they're going to have examination and questions and cross-questioning and, and then they're going to have a closing statement these kids just still hear debate, and in their brains, debate means argue, and they're just going to go to town arguing. So then I realized I needed to build um, some worksheets for them, um, their witness list, to really have them think through and thoughtfully pick out who was going to be their witness. Because if I am pro the thought that the tomato is a fruit, then I don't want to have a chef as my witness. The chef is going to be more pro-vegetable. He's going to be using that commodity in a more vegetable-like state. Um, other than I know that they can get fancy on the show chopped and make anything work in their basket. Um, but for the most part, that, that chef is going to be pro-vegetable for the tomato. So really getting them to think through their witness list. Then also just your generic, I mean, I made it work for the lesson. I made it tailored to this lesson. But just thinking through a debate model um, giving them a worksheet that helps them build their opening statement and then helps build their 
their plan. What are they going to, when they ask their witnesses questions, what are they going to ask? And then also teach them counter arguments. I've got to know this is a game here. I'm trying to win this game. I'm trying to win this case. So I've got to think, what is the other team? What are going to be their pros and how do I tear them apart? What are questions that I can ask or like almost like a chess game? How can I work them into saying the wrong thing and then get them? And then now I've got them and I've torn their case apart. And now the jury is going to, you know, see that we're right in our um, thought process. And they're going to award us the win for that. Case. I do not get into this type of stuff, but like, that is fun. Um, I, <laughs> I wish that's how I learned like history and law because that is not how I learned it. And I was like, I'll never need to know this. Um, now you mentioned earlier about a, a party. And so can you explain that piece of the engagement that kind of is the, the bow that wraps this entire lesson together? So um, the very start of my school year, um, I really take it, we learn about commodities first and what are commodities. So we have a commodity party. Um, and then every unit from then on out, I mean, I like to eat. Our kids like to eat. Now COVID did throw a wrench in that chain there for a little while, but thankfully in Georgia, we've been pretty blessed and um, COVID is a little, I mean, it's obviously still here, but we don't have as many of those restrictions as we once did have. Um, but in the past, before we ever thought about COVID, the party was so much fun. Um, I told the kids as we would get into it, hey guys, at the end of this, we're going to have a tomato party. Um, and you're going to get to bring in any food that has tomato in the ingredient list. So then they start getting really creative, like trying to find a way that what they want to bring can have tomatoes in it. And sometimes I'll let them break the rules and if they just, because I mean, we want something sweet there. If they just want to decorate a cookie cake with a tomato on it, I'll, I'll take that because, you know, you want something sweet there. And like I said, the chef is not going to say the tomatoes for desserts. Um, but they bring in their, their French fries because their French fries are going to be dipped in the ketchup. They bring in their spaghetti. They bring in their pizza. So then they really get to go back to that first unit where we were talking about commodities and byproducts and what um, the tomato actually goes into and how much that tomato product is impacting our food industry and is in all the things that they eat. I just have to know, like, what is the weirdest thing that a student has brought in for, for food for the party? It's not necessarily the weirdest thing, um, but again, like, I hate tomatoes. So somebody always gets lime rings in um, oh, and they do always ask if they can make a mock Bloody Mary, of course. So go ahead and be prepared for that question. They're, can we make a virgin Bloody Mary? And then I'm like, oh, you can bring in some tomato juice if you want, but we ain't going to be calling it a virgin Bloody Mary. <laughs> um, so, but they bring in V8 juice and then they always challenge me to drink it. I got to stop telling them that I hate tomatoes. Um, so they'll stop challenging me to drink it because it's, it's so nasty. I was going to say, I don't think I want to drink tomato juice either, so I don't blame you. Now, if it was a Caesar, like, which is, which is a North thing. Do you even know what a Caesar is? So a Caesar is a really spicy Bloody Mary. I forget when I say that, that really no one knows that. That caramel rolls, people don't really know. That's a North thing. Oh my gosh. Oh, 
Weird. Okay. Well, I would go for a spicy Bloody Mary then. Um, <laughs> I think what would be really cool is even to add another element where they draw out of a hat for what part of the the party they're doing. So maybe they're the main entree or they're the appetizer or they're the dessert. So it challenges them to bring in a piece uh, of, of the puzzle. Um, and that's so cool you can have a ton of fun with this and use costumes and um especially when it comes to the trial so one year i had the students before i was just i had extra time for this unit so i was like okay for my theater style children um, i'm going to let them recreate before we even do the trial they're going to make this a whole production they're going to recreate the argument between nixon head and themselves and then go into the trial. So that's something that I've done before. Um, I always get out my graduation robe, my black robe and let the, cause the kids have different parts. So we have a, a um, judge. And so they always say to her, who's gonna be the judge and he gets to wear my graduation gown. Some things that I've super wanted, some goals for the future um, would be to have my lawyer friends to come in and actually be the judge or to um, have Big dream, big dream is to actually get them in the courtroom in town, but that hasn't happened yet. I'll let y'all know if and when it does. We're going to just say when it does. I'll let you know when it does. Um, but to get them actually in the courtroom, because the thing that I tell the kids is, hey, like you may have jury duty one day. Like the justice system is a part of your life, whether you think it is or not. And we just talk about the parts, the bench, um, the jury, all the different components of the courtroom, how to dress professionally. I make them dress professional for the trial. When you're going to be in a courtroom, why we dress professionally in a courtroom, um, those kinds of things go into that as well. Oh, and then super fun, we bring in for, again, like I said, we don't do a Supreme Court case trial because that would be nine justices. We do more of a district level court case so that I can have a jury and I'll bring in other classes to be our jury. So we'll have like the history class or the health class come in and it will be our jury. And so, and it's a two day trial. So then the kids um, from the jury, you're even impacting more kids than just your classroom because they go home and they fight with their parents at the dinner table. Then they come in the next day in the hallway and they're like, well, tell us, just tell us. I'm like, well, we'll find out today at the end of the trial. So really fun. Yeah, no, this sounds like so much fun. I like the real world like components that you pull into it too. Um, so I think it would be really easy just to do like, okay, it's a one day thing. This is what we're going to do. And then we're going to move on. But um, just the way that you like kind of tie it all together and make them dress up and actually teach about the, the components of it. That's really cool. Um, are there any other lessons that you kind of teach before or after um, you're done with the trial that help kind of tie it together? So again, like, I think I might have mentioned a little bit earlier so that those kids have a knowledge because I mean, to really get this trial right and to know what they're talking about, they have to know vegetative parts of a plant versus reproductive parts of a plant because that's where the whole argument comes into play um, on what this is going to be. So my favorite thing is when the kids um, actually bring in a tomato plant as one of their um, evidence, one of their pieces of evidence. And I don't have like, I don't tell them that to bring in evidence, but they always, they really get into the trial component of it and they'll, they'll bring in evidence. 
and said, hey, bring in a, a tomato plant. And they talk about the bloom on the tomato plant and then talk about those vegetative and reproductive parts of the plant. So I definitely do this kind of as my test. I let it serve as the test at the end of my plant science unit. So just one clarifying question. Basically, all of the students in the class are given some sort of role in the trial. So everyone is engaged in some aspect. You don't have just kids sitting and not participating, which I absolutely love, yes. uh, which is hard to do. It is. I mean, you have to play with your numbers and really see and also know your kids. Like you have those kids that you've already done your creed unit and you know that they are terrified of some public speaking, like you can allow them to be in the jury. Like I don't do a 12 person jury, like you can be a ton of jury members. Um, but, um, if you know, they're going to be terrified, they can be in the jury or they're going to be a witness that is pro fruit, or they're going to be a witness that is pro vegetable, or they're actually going to be a lawyer. Um, I usually have three to four, um, lawyers on the plaintiff side and three to four lawyers on the defense side, and they take turns questioning their witness and cross-examining, and then you've got your judge, um, so yeah, again, it just takes playing with your numbers, but every child is engaged in some way, shape or form. Oh, and then there's a bailiff. There's a oh. bailiff. Yeah. Now, is there, um, how do you prep them prior to the actual like demonstration of the trial? Because obviously you don't want to just say like, we're going to have a trial. And then, you know, if they're the lawyers, they're not going to know how to cross-examine or ask good questions. Like, so walk us through how that is facilitated. So first of all, like I, I do do a um, judicial systems lesson with them. So we break down that, we break down, you know, the term plaintiff, the term defendant, we break down a civil case versus um, a criminal case um, and break all those components down. Then I'll play some um, mock trial videos for them, different mock trial videos that I will play for them as well, just that they can kind of see what it looks like. Um, and senior year in our school system, the history classes senior year, they do a mock trial and all the, the teachers always come back and say, oh my goodness, the kids were so much better prepared because of your class. So again, that cross-curriculum nerd in me gets happy um, when they say that. But um, so definitely showing them a video clips of mock trials. I haven't found like a necessarily a favorite video clip. I'm just, I think my video clip changes every year because um, I haven't found one that I love, love yet. Um, and then sometimes if we have time, we'll practice the where are you going to stand? Where are we going to sit the day before? And then while they're building, it is very crucial. It's very easy with this lesson to really hang back and let them go to town. But you gotta remind yourself to get in there with them while they're working on building their cases to probe them and to make sure they're thinking through it effectively for those good questions, for those cross exam. And it's gonna take you, for the most, most times, it's gonna take you helping them to a certain degree to pull those cross examining questions out. Because that's not a skill that comes naturally to them. They don't think about the counter arguments. Um, mm -hmm getting in there and really helping them think through that and build their case. That's how long, like. yeah, how long um, does this entire lesson take? 
Yeah, I can stretch it anywhere. If I'm doing it, really jam up three weeks. Um, but you can do it in two. Awesome. Now, um, Brandy has shared uh, some of her resources with us, but um, what, I mean, we've talked about a few supplies, but in the end, like what would be supplies needed for this? So that's my favorite part, none. The sky is the limit and not your wallet. I mean, you've got your graduation gown, throw it on your judge. Um, if you want it, you know, if you, if they can't buy a tomato plant and they come to you and they want one and you can get them one. Um, but really there's no supplies needed um, for this. And that's my favorite part about it is how engaging it is, how fun it is and how much knowledge is embedded into it. Yet I didn't have to spend any money on it. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think my favorite part about it is um, you use it with ninth graders, but I really do think it is um, appropriate for any any yeah. age group. Um, and you can go as far in depth as you want to. Um, you can work with your history teacher. I mean, like you said, the sky's the limit of how how much you implement of of this. So um, you also have a Teachers Pay Teachers. Can you talk a little bit about that um, and let our listeners know about uh, your your platform? Yes. So um, I have a Teachers Pay Teachers page and it is called Agish. Um, so all things Agish because again, I do basic ag. So I get to do a little-ish of all the ags. So my page is Agish and I've got, you know, um, I'm just starting to build it. So um, it might be small compared to some of the other sites out there right now, but I am adding to it constantly. Um, my, I've talked about the fact that I do a little lesson with the judicial system. And unfortunately our school had some huge technical issues this year and some of our files went corrupt. And that file was one of my corrupt ones. So um, as soon as I recreate it from scratch, yay, that'll be fun. Um, as soon as I recreate that from scratch, I will, um, get that on the teachers pay teachers page this whole all of it together as a whole unit on there but again i've shared with here by the owl all the resources for this lesson other than that point so you guys can go ahead and start implementing away for sure i love it um such a creative idea i can already see brianna's gears turning on how she can use this um because she's potentially teaching um, some more plant science this year. So tons of fun. And I mean, I think even if you don't teach plant science, there's probably something out there, um, some sort of case uh, that uh, in animal science or whatever that you could modify this to. So um, thank you so much uh, for being here and sharing this wonderful idea um, and, and being willing to uh, give our listeners your resources. Um, but everyone listening, make sure you check out our show notes so you can see Brandy's resources for this activity and definitely go check out her Teachers Pay Teachers for the other great resources um, that she has there. Brandy, if people have questions um, and they want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can get in contact with you? So my personal Facebook page, um, you would search Brandy Beatty, um, but my email is B at pike.k12.ga.us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you listening, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we would love if you would take the time to go uh, like 
uh, rate and review our podcast so we can get um, our podcast in front of uh, more more teachers to share the great things that uh, ag education is doing. Um, and as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>